Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts that guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by sponsors like Johnsonville Foods, SwineWeb.com, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, the manufacturers of Hoghearth, and SwineTech, the award-winning creator of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how you can reduce piglet crushing and your overall pre-winning mortalities by nearly 25%, visit SwineTechnologies.com. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rodak, your host for today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about powering the future of the swine industry. Joining us is TJ Cliff. How are you doing today, TJ? Doing good, Matthew. How about yourself? Doing really good. Sunny out. It's a nice day. I'm excited to talk with you about how solar is making a really big push through the swine industry. Absolutely. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and a little bit about your background, that'd be great. Uh, my name is TJ Cliff, and I'm a, a project designer for Trusted Energy out of Storm Lake. And I've kind of didn't set out to be in the solar industry. I actually have a background in uh, teaching and education and uh, was a preacher for oh, six years full time, but then uh, moved back to be in an area close to family and got involved in the solar industry. And uh, it's kind of taken off and I'm excited to be part of that industry boom that's taking place. And I'm um, NAPSEP certified, which is the national board uh, that uh, the credibility for solar energy. And so I've got some uh, education in the industry and I've been involved in everything from stalling solar energy to designing it and working with utility companies to get those systems powered on. And it sounds like when it comes to solar in the swine industry, you've been you've been involved in almost a hundred installations. Yep, it's over 75 installations I've ever either been uh, in, an installer or designing those systems or working with the utility companies to get those systems uh, interconnected. So yep, just heavily involved in, you know, we're, we're in Iowa, there's pretty much almost a hog facility in every, <laughs> every corner it feels like sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and I found over the last four or five years when talking to producers, it just seems like one after another is getting involved with solar in some kind of way. And a big thing that comes up is what is solar and how does this even work? Why does this make sense for me? So I thought it'd be good to talk with you today around some of those types of questions. So if we could start off just by having you talk to us about how does solar energy work? Yep, that's that's a very good question to start with. If you know to talk about the actual technology, um, I'm sure most people have seen the the panels. It's you know usually a rectangular, looks usually a black or a blue panel, um, and Although solar energy utilizes pretty sophisticated and cutting edge technology, the, the actual system is, is quite simple. Um, what those panels are doing is they're using uh, silicon wafers that are able to capture uh, the solar energy that the sun produces and it harnesses that energy and it is, is able to create electricity. And so you're able to, what you're doing is you're, you're generating your own electricity on site by use of those panels. And uh, a lot of questions people ask uh, or I get into discussions is, you know, they go right into the grid or what happens? Well, 
uh, a solar panel, uh, it actually creates DC current, so direct current electricity. And obviously that's not compatible with the electrical grid that supplies uh, electricity from your utility company. And so the, the panels will produce DC power and those DC, that DC power uh, goes to uh, inverters, either a micro inverter or a string inverter. And that inverter converts it from DC to AC electricity. So it is compatible uh, for interconnecting to the utility electrical grid. And from there, you're, we're just we're tapping into the existing electrical infrastructure and supplying just another means of solar energy. And the, and the larger you go with solar, the, the more you produce on-site and the less you need to uh, uh, purchase from your, your local utility company. So what, how does that work with the electrical provider? Like what happens with your current electrical provider if they go solar? Okay, so if you go solar, there is uh, there's an what's called an like an interconnection application process. Okay, and so um, utility company has to let you interconnect, and what's taking place is you're actually uh, running in parallel to the utility company. So you tap into the existing electrical grid, and so when solar's producing, it feeds whatever electrical loads you have on site. Um, if solar, you know, during the night it's not producing. The utility provider would su supply your electrical needs, and so there's there's times when your your solar production maybe is overproducing, and in those cases you'll actually send it back to the utility company, and that meter will keep track of what you send back to them, and uh, and de depending on what type of utility company it is, you get uh, you can get full credit for whatever you send back to them. So it's almost like they're acting as your battery backup, and then. Uh, some cases where they don't do that, you still get what's called the avoided cost, which is whatever uh, the utility company is purchasing that electricity for. They give you that as a, a credit on your bill. But the whole interconnection process is just this application you go through with the utility company so that you can interconnect and be part of their electrical system where you're supplying uh, another form of electrical generation on site. So one thing that kind of comes to mind and people might be thinking about it is when you hear about the electric company potentially buying back any power that like a solar PV system produces, it, how likely is that? Is it 10% of the time you're likely to get paid? Like how often are you going to have so much provided that you're not going to need power from your current electrical provider where you're actually going to be getting a payback? Um, and that, that really heavily depends on the utility company. Um, gotcha. If the utility company is what's called an investor-owned utility company, those are typically companies, depending on state, where the, the board of utilities for the state level will require what's called net metering. And so with those, you, can, uh, you have the ability on those types of uh, utility providers to size a system to fully offset your electrical load. Now, the, the actual array, the solar panels, will not supply it in the sense that, you know, it's not going to produce anything at night. But what you do is you produce enough throughout the day that you build up credits. So when you send it back to the utility company on the grid, you build up enough credits so that whenever they send you electricity, that credit is going to you in that form. So that way you can, you know, get a hundred percent offset that way. 
Ah, fast. Okay, that's fascinating. I get that. And it's like you're basically like when you said it was your backup battery, your power bank, you are storing power all day long and you're, you're sending that to the electrical provider, but then they're kind of giving that back to you in the evening. Yeah, so it's called, yeah, it's called net metering. And so if you, you produce an, a certain amount throughout the day and, and say 50% is of the production of that day is more than you need, you send 50% back to them. Well, you draw from that kind of like that piggy bank when you need it from them until that piggy bank runs out. So how long do one of these systems last? Uh, uh, the panels, we know they're going to last 30 plus years at least. Um, most manufacturers have a warranty on their panel of a 25 and some even a 30 year performance warranty. And so even from the manufacturer, they're saying at either 25 or 30 years, they warranty that it's still going to be putting out, you know, at least 80% power from 30 years ago. What, what is it about these systems that allows them to last so long? That is a long lifespan. I think it's just the simplicity of the panel. It's, you know, there's, there's really, there's no moving parts. And so it's just electrical current flowing through conductors is what's happening. And so there's no moving parts in the actual panel themselves. There's probably not a ton of maintenance that's required either. No, especially on like a, a fixed, fixed uh, system where the the racking is a you know thirty degree fixed tilt. There, there's no moving parts. You know the you're not tracking the sun, and so there's no moving parts, and so it just it just sits out there and, and makes electricity for you. So how does something like this work with hog production facilities? Okay, that's a, that's a good question. You have a, had a lot of background working with uh, hog producers, hog integrators. And so, um, and what, how that works is it, depending on the style of the barn, you know, the, it'll work on any style of barn. It's just some are better than others. Okay. So for example, like a, like a tunnel barn, we, we know the electrical use on a tunnel barn is significantly more than a natural barn. And so, um, and I see, you know, tons of electric bills and you, you, it all follows the same pattern, especially on a tunnel barn where, you know, you're, your late spring, summer, early fall months are your high electrical loads. Well, it, it follows and it corresponds to actual solar production because solar is dependent on the sun. So longer days, when the sun's higher in the sky, it makes more electricity throughout the year that, on those times. And so it really correlates well to these uh, tunnel barn setups where you are producing significant electricity when you're having significant electrical loads at your site and even in places where there there is no net metering so the utility company doesn't give you credit for what you send back to them other than the avoided cost which is usually you know about a quarter of what you actually pay for electricity even on those kind of sites it, it pays back really well because the solar is being generated on site in in a close correlation to what you're producing on site. So you're really not sending a ton back to them. You're, you're really consuming it on site. So what, uh, I guess that's interesting. We kind of look into that. What, what might be some scenarios where you're like, all right, maybe it isn't for you. Like is solar going to work for everybody or are there places, their locations? Like what's that threshold? I'm sure people are like, okay, so at some point in time, maybe solar isn't the best option. It yep. seems like it's the best option in a lot of scenarios, but is there a scenario? Yeah, most scenarios it, it it pencils out. So it's just it's just a matter of you know, is a four back a four year payback 
good or, you know, is an eight-year payback good? It, it comes to those terms because, you know, the worst case scenario, you might have an eight-year payback on the system. You know, best case scenarios, I've seen 2.9-year payback on a system. And so in, in terms of that, but um, there are times where it doesn't pencil out as good, but re regardless, what you're doing is you're buying electricity in bulk at a rate significantly less than buying it from your utility provider. And so typically I see, you know, under a two cent kilowatt per hour cost for the, the electricity provided by solar. And so there are some outlier cases, you know, I've seen cases where there are some kind of a natural vent barn where you're the production, uh, excuse me, the, the consumption of electricity on site was pretty low during you know, the late spring, summer, early fall, because, you know, their, their curtains are all down. So they're just using that natural, you know, flow of air just to cool off the, and provide the best environment for the hogs. And then they have see electrical spikes in the winter time when, you know, solar production is less just because the days are shorter and the sun's lower in the sky. And so in those case scenarios, that's where you, you might see, you know, a seven, eight year payback just because you know, we can't offset as much electricity as we'd like to. We, we can only do what we can in those scenarios. And that, that becomes a sizing issue because you, you, you'll, you'll size the system to uh, be the most bang for the buck, to offset the most electricity without overproduction if, it's, if you're not getting any kind of net metering. But if you're getting net metering, then it doesn't matter because we can build up a huge bank during the summer and just use it throughout the year whenever the electricity is needed. Gotcha. So really the direction the hog production um, facilities are in, are going towards is more of this tunnel ventilation, is more of this filtered farms. And so it, it really does lend itself to, to solar. And nobody goes into the pig business thinking, oh, maybe I'll get this barn and I'll run it for five years. It's usually a 20, 30 year commitment. So an eight year payback in itself is even, it's even pretty good. Yeah, but in eight years is like worst case scenario that I've seen. So yeah, it's usually a lot better than that. So we've dug into it a little bit, but what are some of the other reasons as to why hog producers should consider utilizing solar energy? Are there others than what we've already discussed? Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, the, I think the financial aspect is probably one of the biggest things, right? There's obviously you can reduce your carbon footprint. And, and a lot of times that's, you know, a, a big push these days is to to be sustainable, reduce that carbon footprint and you know, using renewable energies and going green. But, but if it doesn't financially make sense, there's really, it's a, it's a hard sell because it's, it's gotta be financially, fiscally responsible. So you're, you're actually, you know, the investment is going to pay back. And so um, utilizing solar energy is what you're doing is like I mentioned, you're, you're buying, electricity in bulk is what you're doing. You're buying 30 plus years of electricity in one time. And so, yeah, it's going to be, it looks more expensive because you got a big price tag to begin with. But if you really look at what you're going to get for those 30 plus years, it is way less than you'll end up paying for electricity over 30 years. And if, if someone's putting up a new hog barn, they're, they're usually looking at a, a 30 year operation. And that correlates well with the life of a, a solar system. And I've yeah. even had people in the pig industry just say, you know, they should just start requiring this when they start putting up new buildings, just, you know, to, to be more profitable in the production process. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Some of these building companies, if they came to you and you basically laid it out, all right, here's your 30-year ownership, which one do you want to go with? In that moment, you're putting up a new farm, you're spending millions of dollars. You, it's probably a no-brainer at that time. Well, yeah, why wouldn't I buy bulk? And just, you know, these, these hog barns, they're expensive to put up. In, in comparison, the solar is just a fraction of what would be, you know, putting up a new barn in terms of cost. I can imagine. And it's probably a lot less timely when you're building a new farm because there's probably a whole lot less things you have to work around when incorporating solar into the facilities. Yep. Yep. If you, if you know ahead of time, you know, you're going to put solar here, you can make sure you don't put your well there and yeah. you can try to have the utility company maybe put the electrical equipment in a, an ideal location so we can interconnect and be short trench to the interconnection point and stuff like that. So just keep that kind of stuff in mind as you're, you're moving forward in the process. And I don't understand the numbers, but that might save, I mean, thousands of dollars in just understanding, okay, where do we have to go? And biosecurity risks too, right? Like how do you make this thing accessible without having to go into the farm? And um, I digress, but I guess something else to look into would be what incentives exist as well? Are there tax credits that go towards this green carbon neutral uh, push? Yep. Yep. And, and, I, I get that question a lot, especially you know when, especially when there's election year and the different administration that's more favorable to green energy. And people ask me, "Was well, it going to get better?" I go, um, "Might." I, I really don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but all I can tell people is this is what it is now, and it's still really good. So even currently, there's a 26% federal tax credit, and so you know you put a system in, and then your tax liability. You got 26 percent of that project. You can use your tax liability. You don't have to to pay that tax liability, and you get 20 years to use that up. Wow! Um, they give you 20 years. Yep, you get 20 years, and and, and there, I, I've I've heard I, I would try not to get too much into the tax stuff, but I I know there's a way to actually you know you put in a system. You can go back a year on your tax liability and forward 20 years. Oh wow! Yep. And that's just the federal tax credit. In, in Iowa, there is uh, a state tax credit, and it's always half of the federal. So it's 13% right now. So then now that we're kind of in the weeds a bit on, on finances, incentives, stuff like that, what is the typical uh, profitability that comes from going solar on a hog production facility? We've already kind of talked about the four to eight year ROI, depending on how it's built out. but. Yep. How in other ways? How else can you explain how that might translate? Okay, so yeah, the uh, yeah, like eight years, like the owl outlier in in a lot of systems that I've designed, and you know, take advantage of tax credits because there's a federal tax credit, state tax credit, um, on a, you know, a business expense, you know, it's depreciable as a business expense too. And so right there, you based on your tax bracket and your tax rate, you get to depreciate the system, um, and also. Uh, ag businesses are eligible for what's called a REAP grant, R-E-A-P, REAP grant, that's through the USDA. And that can, if you're awarded that grant, so you apply for that, it's not guaranteed, so we don't really ever include that in the payback. But if you're awarded a REAP grant, that can cover up to 25% of the cost right there. And so, you know, all those taking advantage of those, usually I see about four to seven years without the REAP grant as the payback terms. And just in terms of dollars and money, I designed a system recently and it was a, it was a hog farm and kind of a farm operation. So they had a kind of grain set up and a hog farm all in the same uh, site. And they were spending roughly fourteen dollars to $15,000 a year on electricity alone. Um, designed a system, 
and that their their utility net meters and so whatever they overproduce they get credit for it they get all that and so with solar their estimated annual cost of electricity would be six to seven hundred dollars so they go from fourteen thousand to fifteen thousand to six to seven hundred dollars a year and and if you took that out for you know 30 years even if utility rates never went up which you know they're always going up but even if they never went up they're going to save four hundred thousand dollars in electrical costs over four over the 30 year period that's a new house yeah <laughs> think of it in that terms you know yeah that's a lot of money you what know, uh so right. let's let's say as a producer I'm I'm ready to go. This makes sense. I want to do this. What does that process look like? Uh, the, the process would be to you know get in, in touch with uh, a a solar company that you know provides full service turnkey. Because a lot of things you don't want to do is you don't want to hire a solar company, but then you got to fill out the interconnection. You got to find the permitting. You got to work with uh, electricians to figure it all out. But a company that does it all for you. And you got to work with them and they will use your electrical bills. They'll do a, a site assessment to see where's the best place for this. Where's the best placement of the array? What size of system do you need based on your utility provider? And then from there, you, you, you know, get a system designed and you get a price. And um, where I work, we, we provide, you know, a 30 year uh, financial analysis of the cash flow so they can see. Here's the payback on it. Here's my return on investment. Here's my internal rate of return. Here is here's what I'm going to save in my electrical savings over 30 years. And so, and then you go from there. And if you want to proceed with the project, and then start working with the utility company to interconnect. And usually, within about three months, you're you're up and running. So if you pick the right partner, it's fairly painless. So, yep, yep. You want to find the partner that's going to make it easiest for you let them let them use their expertise and and providing you a system that's going to meet your needs so what might you have as a golden nugget for everyone listening to kind of wrap things up we always kind of share back a golden nugget what what might you have i would say just in terms of life you know just hard work pays off i know that just you know go for what you're passionate for and Obviously, you know, being in the solar industry, I'm, I'm passionate about solar. And so um, the goal is, you know, to be a blessing to other people, I guess. And the golden nugget is to use your skills and abilities to, to be a blessing to other people. And thanks for sharing that. I think I might start calling that a golden chop, too. I mean, I've been calling it a nugget, but the longer I do this, the more I feel like that's too chicken for a popular <laughs> podcast. So yeah. I think I might start calling it the golden chop. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Or barbecue ribs or something like that. The golden barbecue ribs. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you joining us on the Popular Pig Podcast. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are interested in learning more about solar, who maybe didn't want to call a company and and go through the process, but this might just encourage them to learn more, to reach out, and to potentially offset some of their costs into the future and kind of give themselves just that much more opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, just increase their profitability and production is the name of the game. Well, thank you. You have a great day. You too. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. 
We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. Therefore, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com and subscribe to receive updates when new episodes are available. Today's episode is brought to you by sponsors like SwineTech. Leverage the power of computer vision, voice recognition, and real-time behavioral monitoring to reduce mortalities and labor inefficiencies in the farrowing house. For more information, visit swinetechnologies.com.